we go for Saul 85, January 8th. And it's starting to get cold in town, isn't it? Uh, minus 19 on the way into the Sports 1440 studios. Good morning. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in this morning, and hopefully we can uh, have some fun here for the next four hours and uh, give you some little entertainment and uh, some information. And uh, it was a busy weekend. We all know that, man. Oh, man, with all the uh, NFL games, the Oilers with a big victory Saturday night against Ottawa to run their winning streak to seven straight. Zach Hyman with another amazing game. Three goals, 25 goals on the year. He had 36 last year, so you would think he is well on his way uh, to surpass his personal best of 36 goals in an NHL campaign. 25 right now, and hey, the All-Star game is coming up in his hometown in less than a month. Maybe... He gets voted in. Could you imagine how cool that would be for Zach Hyman to play the All-Star game in his hometown of Toronto? All you have to do, Oiler fans, is vote him in. So if you get on the old interweb, take care of business, to get Zach Hyman voted into the All-Star game. That would be outstanding. Oilers now with 41 points on the year. Thanks to this seven-game winning streak, we can talk about ups and downs, and uh, we talked uh, about this last week in the sense of the streaking that the Oilers have done this season. It's uh, either a whole bunch of wins in a row or a handful of losses in a row. Now, seven wins in a row, 17-6 and six under Coach K. The Oilers with 41 points and five back. Just five back of Los Angeles for third in the Pacific Division. Our text line is open, 1-833-401-1440. Did you enjoy NFL final regular season Weekend Now we're up to wild card weekend next weekend, and it should be some interesting games. There's no question about that. Last night's game solidified all the seedings with Buffalo beating Miami. Had to come back to do it, but the Bills showing that they are the class of the AFC East division for the fourth straight year, winning the division title. So now Buffalo will host Pittsburgh on wild card weekend. Other games in the... AFC, Miami will visit Kansas City, and Cleveland takes on Houston. The Duke of Delburn's Houston Texans made it to the postseason. The only guy in town that thought that they would make it is the Duke. You got to be excited about it, Duke. I, you sent me a text after it happened saying, this is you know, just a formality. Everyone knew Houston was going to make it. Uh, no, so. not quite, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'll be honest, Kevin. I'm as surprised as pretty well anybody. Yes, I had a few um, dollars thrown around at the start of the season on some win overs and, and uh, AFC South champions, but those were mostly hopes and prayers. You know, yeah. as a sports fan, you always need to give yourself some motivation when you don't expect your team to be, you know, a, a real contender. A but real you're competitor. a fan. You're a fan I, I, of I'm the a, team. I'm a fan of the team. So I said, I was like, I need uh, something to root for when I'm watching these guys. Obviously, I had high hopes for CJ Stroud, Will Anderson Jr. And I honestly mm-hmm. can say I, I pretty much, even if they get their doors blown off next week against Cleveland, which is a very tough matchup for them, um, I'm, I'm still coming away from the season with the, my head held high as a fan. I think the team should too. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It's been a great one for the Texans. The only thing I will say, and I tweeted this out, I'm a little bit disappointed it came at the cost of the Indianapolis Colts because they've been one of the other best stories in the NFL this year. Losing their uh, their top pick, Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew, I think is a guy that almost anybody can root for. He's had a you know pretty unique uh, career arc uh, going back to his time in college, even breaking his own hand to, to be able to redshirt for a year. 
it, it's uh, it's a wild one. I'm a huge Jonathan Taylor fan as well. So Colts battled hard. They also had a good season. The the biggest story coming out of the South is the Jacksonville yeah. Jags and how they had an absolute Big, tumultuous end of the season. It's, it's a huge collapse. So disappointing. And to lose yesterday in Tennessee, they looked like a shell of a team, Jacksonville did. Didn't deserve to be in the playoffs after their, as you said, Duke, fall down the stretch. But they still had a chance to get in with a win over the Titans. And uh, they just, uh, they looked like a team that what, didn't even want to make the playoffs. Didn't want to advance to the playoffs. Text line one 401 Fat Efron's on your side. Duke C.J. Stroud is prime time quarterback. Let's go Texans. So surprised by my Texans. I did not expect them to take the title. I don't think many people did, and uh, that's a division where, you know, and, and as Duke said, Indy, Indy was a great story this year as well. Having said that, C.J. Stroud was probably the biggest story to come out of uh, the NFL this year in the sense of how he performed, what he did. We were talking about it before the show that here was a, a situation where he was in the top five, top four as far as NFL MVP conversation and the thing is that you know he gets hurt and that was when the Texans sort of stumbled a little bit obviously so CJ Stroud is has a bright bright future ahead of him now in the NFC things uh, were solidified earlier in the day Detroit with the win didn't matter really but Detroit will now take on the LA Rams it'll be Green Bay in Dallas and Philadelphia Tampa Bay last week we said if I was high on Green Bay to win and also high on Pittsburgh to win. So uh, some of my prognostications came through, not very many this year, but that one was uh, came to fruition. Green Bay in Dallas, we know how well the Cowboys play at home, so they will be heavily favored for this one. The Rams in Detroit is probably the most interesting game because it's the return of Matthew Stafford of course wins the Super Bowl with the Rams long time Detroit Lions quarterback now we saw some guys go down Sam Laporta went down for the uh, the Lions yesterday big tight end the rookie tight end having a phenomenal season Amon St. Brown had a, another great game but you could see him holding his ribs for a good portion of the game so we'll see where the health is with the Detroit Lions going into this one and then Philadelphia and Tampa Bay I mean Tampa Bay surging Philadelphia no one can no one seems to know exactly what's going on with this team right now AJ Brown suffered a bit of a knee injury will he be good to go in Tampa Bay the Eagles just have not been a team that you feel confident about going into the playoffs in the NFC. They just have not played well in the last six months, uh, six weeks or so. They got off to an incredible start, and that's the reason they are where they are. But the last several weeks, they do not even look remotely close to the team that they started the season with. Uh, CFL news it was announced last week i guess but the edmonton elks made it official yesterday with the signing of quarterback mcleod bethel thompson there will be uh, media availability today at 11 o'clock and then mcleod bethel thompson will also join jason greger this afternoon on the jason greger show on sports 1440 to discuss coming to edmonton 
In case you're wondering, last year he was in the uh, United States Football League with the New Orleans Breakers. Had a pretty good year. Led the league in passing yards. They only played 10 games in the USFL. He had 2,400 uh, passing yards. So, you know, he's averaging about 240, 250 a game. He threw for 14 touchdowns. New Orleans had a 7-3 and record. He's out of Sacramento State. Played with the Toronto Argonauts from 2017 to 2019 and then 21-22. Threw for 13,000 yards in those years in the CFL with Toronto. 70 passing TDs in 74 games. 46 as a starter. Eddie Steele was our uh, co-host, uh, as usual, on Fridays. We were discussing the possibility of this Friday morning because it was just rumblings at that time. A lot of talk over the weekend about this signing by the team. Where where do they go forward with Trey Ford? Who's the starter? What's happening? Is it going to be McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Is it going to be Trey Ford? Is it an open competition? What does it say to your team when you had Trey Ford come in last year and play quite well? Led the team to the only victories of the year. They were 0-9 before... They changed the offensive coordinator, Jarius Jackson coming in, and then Trey Ford came in at the pivotal position. So, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson's 35 years old. His best CFL season was in 2022. Uh, led the Argos to a great cup in the uh, 109th great cup. It was 24-23. Had 4,700 yards that season, 23 TDs, and 15 interceptions. So, We'll get maybe a little more light shed on the subject this afternoon with uh, Jason Greger and McLeod Bethel-Thompson, plus at 11 o'clock with Chris Jones, the coach and GM of the Edmonton Elks, as he will discuss the, well, where the where the Elks are moving forward. It's the 75th season, and the uh, Elks, they got to get things going. They can't have another season the way they were. We've talked about the ownership situation, where they are with that moving forward. What's the situation there? Is it going to be private ownership sooner than later? I think everyone sees it happening. How long can the team go on? in its current state. Text line 1833 401 1440. <laughs> uh yes, oh boy, Matt and is all over me already. Uh is it the is it the opposite of a fantasy going 0 and 18? Yes, that was what what it was, yeah. Uh <laughs> Kevin from Henry, uh, which was more embarrassing, Toronto getting beat by a Zamboni driver or Calgary's loss to Chicago last night? The out-of-town scoreboard very kind to the Oilers last night. Chicago beats Calgary by a score of 4-3. to three. Washington over all of the sudden, the slumping LA Kings, 4-3. Capitals over the Kings and Winnipeg just continues to be smoking hot. Beats Arizona by a score of 6-2. to two. Stair Farmer chimes in with his daily roll call. Good morning, boys. Have a great show. Uh, Bob, oh, oh, hi, come on now. Respond to my challenge. Bob wants an in right now. Bob, we'll be talking. We'll be talking about it. Uh, Bob also says Jackson was on the Argo staff when M, I guess MBT was there. Bob's texting is just horrible, just horror-awful, horror-awful. Uh, coming up on the big program, we will check in with Sean Brown, former Edmonton Oiler, NHLer, and regular contributor to the Jason Greger Show. Actually had a nice long conversation with Brownie last night. I was saying at the end of it, I said, we should have just taped this and not come in uh, at 7 o'clock. We could have just run this from 7 to 7.30, Brownie. But we'll talk to Sean Brown at 7.20. After a 
Well, I guess a two-week hiatus. Lorianne Munzer, Olympic gold medalist, our co-host, will be in studio from 8 to 10. Mark Spector's on his way to Chicago, where the Oilers play the Blackhawks tomorrow. It's the first of three on the road. Chicago tomorrow, in Detroit Thursday, and then in Montreal on Saturday. What a great time for the Oilers to get out of Dodge with temperatures going to be down to the minus 30s. You'll be able to freeze the nuts off a steel bridge out there later in the week. Uh, Sean Mullen, our uh, WHL unfiltered expert, checks in at 820. And then uh, we're going to go to Winnipeg to talk to Scott Billick, Winnipeg's son. Again, the Winnipeg Jets, number one in the NHL. They are airtight defensively. They have a lot of offense. They're doing it without even Kyle Connor, their best pure goal scorer, who's on IR right now. At 10 o'clock, did you know? Hello, Quick Card. It's Quick Card Minor Hockey Week starting uh, later in the week in our city. The biggest hockey tournament in, well, in in all of the hockey sport, in sports, in hockey. So the biggest hockey tournament in the world. So the amount of players, the amount of teams, the amount of volunteers. So we will have, I'm assuming, Lyle Best and hopefully Daryl Davis, long time, uh, Quick Card Minor Hockey uh, reps in our studio at 7 uh, pardon me, at 10 o'clock. And then at 10.20, how about this? Warren Moon, former Washington Husky and former Edmonton Eskimo. Five Grey Cups that Warren Moon, when he was uh, when he got to here, uh, was a part of. It wasn't part of all of them when he got here. They were well on their way. But, you know, under uh, Tom Wilkinson and Warren Moon was an amazing time with that stout double-E defense. Danny Kepley. Uh, Daniel, Bo- uh, David Boone. I mean, they were just unstoppable for those five seasons. So Warren Moon will guess with us at 10:20. When we come back, Sean Brown, the former NHLer, will talk about all things Oilers. When we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440, stay with us. We'll get to some of your texts uh, coming up uh, in the next segment. A lot of a slow roll coming from K-Fed when it comes to the Texans. We'll get to that one, K-Fed and Archie, some other texters uh, right after we talk to. Sean Brown, the former NHLer, former Oiler. Good morning, Brownie. Welcome back to the morning show where all the fun happens, man. It's just a, it's just, it's just a barrel of monkeys every morning here. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun. Yeah. I'm not. I'm sitting out there with my. Uh, we got a puppy for yeah. Christmas here, and I'm sitting outside, and man, it is chilly out this morning. So you sent me a picture of your dog about 10, 15 minutes ago. What kind of dog is it? What's the dog's name? And and you say you just got it for Christmas. Yeah, we got an English uh, bulldog. We had a we had a boxer that passed away, and mm-hmm. uh, my daughter's been kind of all over us here a little lately about getting a uh, a puppy. And so, obviously, I broke down over Christmas and got the little guy. He's stubborn, but he's a cute <laughs> little thing. Um, yeah, so we call him Chubs. But uh, it, it was it was nice with that mild weather because. You know, getting it's like having a kid, obviously, and mm-hmm. you get up early, you know, in the morning to to let it out. And with that mild weather, it was kind of it was nice. But now getting out there and it, Jesus, it's a little chilly. So you're so you're I, doing all the training now. So how tough is it? How is it a smart dog? Is Chubbs? Uh, is, you know, did you name him after you know from uh, uh, Happy Gilmore or what? <laughs> no, just maybe I I don't know. My son came up with a name. I think. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know how we came up with it, but uh, it's kind of suits our family. Because <laughs> if anyone knows anything about English bulldogs, they they love to eat their little pigs and uh, <laughs> fitting right in with our family. But 
I don't know. I got to figure it out. I got to talk to Greg there. Last time, uh, Greg just told me he uh, he trained his dog in like ten days, so he's kind of like the dog whisperer. So I'm ah. on there with him tomorrow. I'm gonna have to figure, ask him some questions. See how he figured it out. <laughs> not, my dog's not catching on. <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of catching on, it seems the Oilers have uh, really caught on in the last little while as we're speaking with Sean Brown on Sports 1440. And, Brownie, when you were playing, were you ever part of a team that was this kind of streaky? I mean, so the seven wins in a row before that was three losses before that, eight wins in a row, three losses, uh, three wins. Uh, there's nothing like it's a 1-1-1 one, 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 or 2-1 and one here. This is It's all or nothing, and right now it's all. Yeah, I mean, they're... Uh... They're playing well. Everything's firing for them right now. Um, you know, from the goaltending to the penalty kill to power play. Obviously, their star players are are playing great. McDavid's just you know at a at another level. And you got a lot of the guys that were struggling to kind of find their game and their confidence at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, with McLeod and and Fogle. Um, you know, that's that's why they're having some success right now. Uh, you know, at the D core, they're playing well. Um, you know, I think their schedule right now uh, is perfect for for them to take advantage of, and, and they are. I mean, just because they're playing some, some teams that are, you know, maybe not doing as well in the standings, I mean, there's still no easy game in the, in the NHL. You look at uh, Calgary, you know, lost yeah. to a, a lineup uh, that was depleted in Chicago, and, um, you know, so every game, it's, it's just because they're playing well isn't a guarantee, but... Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm not I'm not much of a gambler, but if I was to gamble on a game, I would probably gamble uh, maybe their next game against Chicago here coming up. Yeah, tomorrow in Chicago, Sean Brown with us on Sports 1440. Connor Bedard out of the lineup, one of the many uh, players not in the Chicago lineup when they played the uh, Calgary Flames yesterday and beat the Flames by a score of four to three. So, what's the main um, the main key? What are the keys to not take a team like Chicago lightly tomorrow? Well, I think probably with what they went through at the beginning of the season, I don't, I, I don't think they're taking anything for granted. I think they've obviously learned a lot, um, you know, through that, uh, you know, through that period of time, and, and um, you know, I, I think the coaching staff, mm-hmm. and I, I definitely think the players who, who wants to go through that again, right? So they're having success right now. I think just by playing, you know, as a team, uh, you know, everyone's kind of doing you know, what they need to do to be successful and, and, and knowing that, you know, the next guy just has to do what he has to do. Uh, and it's just kind of contagious throughout their their team. I mean, you look at their, I mean, their forecheck is a lot, you know, cleaner. There's good puck support. They're turning pucks over. They're physical. They're, there's a ton of movement in the offensive zone, which is, mm-hmm. which is obviously very hard for any team uh, in the NHL to defend when you have uh, – you know, the defenseman cycling and that type of movement. And, and when they don't have the puck, they're working hard. They're working hard to come back. Their defensemen, you know, are allowed to hold the blue line to create some turnovers. They're, you know, in the defensive zone, they're checking hard. Um, you know, they're getting some pins and they're getting big saves and great goaltending. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, in this league, when you're playing a team like maybe Chicago that's missing some of their stars, you want to make sure that you're playing the right way. You're not cutting corners and, you're not giving them any reason to believe. If you look at, you know, the game they played against Calgary, it's just if you let some of those teams kind of hang around and all of a sudden they start to get a few bounces, maybe a couple power plays, uh, you know, and they give them a little bit of life, a little bit of confidence, and, 
you know, we've, you know, playing long enough. We've, I've been in enough of those games where, you, you know, you let a, a team hang around that you should beat. It usually goes the other way. Sean Brown with us on Sports 1440. The biggest change, I guess, that you could see the difference between Jay Woodcroft and Chris Knobloch is on defense where Jay Woodcroft had no problem using seven defensemen and I would imagine you are not in that camp that likes seven defensemen and you can see how well that all three pairings are playing right now. Let's start with the third pairing, Brownie, and Vinny DeHarnay is playing his best hockey of his career and I think that chemistry that he's really showing with, with Brett Kulak stands out and the two of them uh, have been just a phenomenal third pair. What do you make of what the two of them have done in the last, oh, you know, whatever, six weeks or so? Yeah, I mean, they're fun to watch. I mean, they, uh, you know, DeHarnay is, is someone that, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, can relate to. Um, he's worked his way into this situation, um, you know, through hard work and perseverance. And, and you watch his game from, you know, where it was at the beginning of the season and, you know, him along with a lot of other guys had a, a little bit of a tough time and a rough go at the beginning. And, you know, he just, he stuck with it. And how can you not be a fan of this guy through the way that he's handled himself? He's a big body, a big stick. He's physical. He's willing to get in there for his teammates and stick up for them. And, um, you know, I think he's benefited from having Paul Coffey there. You know, I think, you know, it's been talked about, you know, Paul, Coffee wants guys that, you know, can make plays and feel comfortable with the puck. He sees the value in that, and, and you need guys to make plays. They got some some really good forwards, and if you can get the puck in their hands, they can do some pretty special things. And, you know, he's he's benefited from, you know, having, you know, someone believe in him and, and show confidence in him. And, and um, you know, his puck skills are, are coming along. And, and to have a guy that, you know, has played what I think 450 games uh, Kulak uh, you know besides you just having that calming presence um, and they've built some chemistry uh, off of that so it, it's nice to have you know a, a young defenseman uh, partnered up with an experienced guy that you know for the most part I think he you know his game is it kind of goes unnoticed right the subtleties that he brings and the confidence and the stability he brings to that uh, third pairing then when you look at the the second pairing, if you want to call it that, Darnell Nurse, again, he's uh, on top of his game right now. He's, you know, in all situations, uh, you know, and he does get a little bit of power play time as well. But what have you noticed maybe in the last little bit with Nurse? And again, that chemistry, and it's not like they haven't played together before, but between Nurse and CeCe, they seem to be reading off each other even a lot better and more so than they have in the past. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a lot of it is just, you know, the confidence and the fact that, you know, when they're on the ice, everyone's doing just a much better job of, you know, you know, playing to their strength and, and nobody's having to do, you know, too much of mm-hmm. what they're ex- actually expected to do. And when four guys are doing what they need to do, then it just makes your job that much easier. And, you know, Darnell Nurse eats up a lot of big minutes against you know, the other team's top line. And, you know, he's always had that offensive upside, right, where, I mean, we've seen some of the assists that he's that he's gotten uh, lately where, you know, he's, you know, hitting the guy off the back door and slap fake pass. Yeah. And he's got a skill set that, uh, you know, allows him to 
to do that. And he's also, you know, he's got the edginess and the uh, sandpaper where, you know, he can make other guys feel comfortable. So, or uncomfortable, yeah. sorry. Um, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that obviously skates well. He can get up the ice and as, as quick as he can get up the ice, you know, he's able to get back and, CC's, you know, compliments him well. I think that he's got some upside. Uh, and like I said, that they're, the way they're playing in the offensive zone where it looks like they got, you know, they, they use their defensemen, the forward comes up high, and you got a lot of cycles and you got a lot of movement with the defensemen. Both of those guys handle the puck well. Both of those guys have the IQ and the reads uh, and the ability to handle the puck and make plays. And you know, when, when you often when they're paired up with other skilled forwards and you have that type of movement, it's hard to defend. Mm-hmm. Sean Brown with us on Sports 1440, and then Evan Bouchard and Matthias Ekholm. And we all know how much Ekholm helps out Bouchard in the defensive zone. But Bouchard has, would you say he's limited his like you know his five alarm mistakes here in the last several weeks we saw it a lot at the beginning of the year but if he takes that component out of his game getting a, you're 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 looking at a pretty good young defenseman here. he's got 39 points i mean uh, 36 <laughs> games 39 points nine goals so we all know the offensive uh, upside is there and we all know what he can do with the puck so uh, what have you made so far in the last uh, i guess since Knobloch and and Paul Coffey kind of came in with Evan Bouchard yeah, I mean, you can't teach that offensive skill and ability, right? That's just, I mean, you can always teach defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, when he was struggling, uh, the team was also struggling. The four other guys on the ice were struggling. And, you know, being a young defenseman, when when guys are struggling on the ice and there's a bunch of breakdowns and a bunch of reads that you have to make, and maybe that inexperience, you know, at the beginning was just the fact that, you know, it was it, – putting him in tough he was in tough spots trying to cover up and the team wasn't playing overly great and and uh you know some of the area areas that he made some mistakes there obviously as a defenseman they're they're uh very noticeable um but he just you can't teach that and you know he's always made those subtle plays and i think with uh you know the coaching staff and his commitment to being a pro, and I'm sure his commitment to being better on both sides of the puck. I'm sure he's doing lots of video with with Coffee, but you know, Coffee's game is very relatable to to a Bouchard. Where um, I'm sure they've had good conversations, and I'm sure you know through Coffee's experience, um, you know, offensively and defensively, and what he's learned, you know, is rubbing off on him. So, and and at home is just that big steady <laughs> defenseman that um that just brings a calmness not only to him just i think calmness to the whole team right and uh he's got obviously an offensive side that goes about it a little bit different but you know it's it's nice uh you know when when the team is playing as a team and everyone's doing their job and they're playing as five it just it makes makes the defenseman's job look easy and makes the forwards job look easy and that's the biggest thing that I notice right now is is everyone's just kind of taking care of their own area of the ice. And, and when you got that, then it just allows everyone else to play. And, you know, those guys, because of their offensive skill, when, you know, when, when guys can be, uh, you know, predictable with the puck, it just allows those guys to be a little bit more unpredictable without it. And, and they can take advantage of that, obviously, with, with the high-end skill that they have. 
Sean Brown with us on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show, 735 in Edmonton. You know, Brownie, when Paul Coffey got hired, that was probably the biggest backlash from fans. Fans were not happy with the move. And I remember saying, just hang on here. Let's just see how this unfolds. No one really knows exactly what's going to happen. And looking, lo and behold, Paul Coffey has been outstanding behind the bench. He's had that ability to relate to players. The and and even because that was the big thing, everyone was saying, "Well, how, how is Paul Coffey going to help the Oilers defensively?" That was what our you know our texters, <laughs> our fans were saying. I'm sure you heard it as well. So, yeah. how, how has he been able to to I guess create that that bond and forge a relationship with this defensive core and help it out to where it is uh, at this stage of the game right now? Well, I, I probably more than anything is just. It, it sounds like to me the belief that he's put into guys and you know he's, these guys are pros but you know they're also you know they also uh, it, it's such a mental game that you know when when someone believes in you and and works with you and and, and is in your corner man that, that goes a long way I mean the Oilers were struggling obviously you know with their confidence and it, and and so yeah, I mean I've been there before where yeah. um, you know different coaches have different styles, and you know I've had coaches that you know um, were hard, and and I've had other coaches that you know when I the one guy that comes to mind to be honest with you is Larry Robertson was was probably the only guy in my career that came up to me and was like, hey, I'm a big fan of yours, and you got more skill and ability than than I think most people know. And, and I remember him saying that, and I was just like, what? Like Larry <laughs> Robertson telling me that, you know? And just the belief that it, 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 you know, put in me and the confidence that I had just from him saying that, right? And then we just worked every day and, and on my game. And, and so these guys, I think, are, are really no different. It's, you know, he, he's got a calm demeanor, to me, it looks like where he doesn't get too excited either way, um, and just kind of allows the guys to play. He's pretty, you know, seems to be very clear on his message and expectations, and and then it's kind of on you. So, um, you know, obviously those guys, you know, with their careers and what they've done, they're gonna, you know, get the respect right away, and then it's up to him to to continue to earn it, and and the way you talk and communicate and things you say and. And he's obviously done a great job and he's been relatable. And, you know, I think at the time when they brought him in, I think, you know, there was a lot of confusion and we were all upset because we had such high hopes, but I'm glad it's worked out for him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because, uh, you know, which is, I know he didn't have some of the experience that maybe some of the other coaches did and he took a a different route or path to get to the NHL. But, you know, I'm glad I've heard nothing but great things on, how he handles himself, so good for him. Good for the Oilers. Yeah. How, how much did the big bird, Larry Robinson, help you in your career? Yeah, like I said, I mean, he just, he was really good. He was, he communicated really well. I think he could relate to, you know, anyone, you know, from, from me being the, the sixth defenseman to, you know, Scott Stevens being the number one defenseman or Niedermeyer. He was, he was very relatable to all, to everyone. He just uh, was a good guy. You wanted to, you wanted to do well. You wanted to do well for him, for the team. Um, but, you know, him, uh, Jacques LaPerriere, like they just, they had a way of breaking down the game and simplifying it and talking to you and building belief in you. And, you know, it's, you know, 
I work with a lot of different kids at a lot of different mm-hmm. ages. And if you want to get the best out of them, you know, show that you believe in them. And it's amazing whether you're a pro or a novice, what you'd get out of someone. You know, Jacques Lemaire, I remember interviewing uh, him when he was in Minnesota, Brownie. And he loved it because when, when the, uh, the traveling media would go to like Minnesota, he, he enjoyed that, that part of it. Kind of just like Barry Trotz in Nashville, you know, cause they did, they, they enjoyed that, that, that game with the media. And I remember asking uh, Jacques Lemaire something about the, the wild power play. And he just looked at me and went, I don't know. And then he started laughing. You know how he had that big hearty laugh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, those guys, it's, it's nice. I mean, you know, they have so much experience, um, you know, we're obviously big fans of the game when you get in the NHL. So, you you know, you know the Coffees and mm-hmm. you know the Larry Robertsons. And, and so when when you when you have this idea and you, of who they are, you know, growing up, and then, you know, when you meet them and they're the, even that much better and then they believe in you, um, yeah, it's pretty special. You can do special things. Brownie, hey, thanks for uh, hopping on this morning. Get Chubbs going. You got Is he totally house trained yet or what? No, no, oh, it's boy. been uh, it's only been a couple weeks here. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's I was enjoying that mild weather, but now it's a little chilly. He's out there tap dancing on the snow. <laughs> Paws are getting a little cold, and we'll figure it out. But I, yeah, I'll have to pick Gregor's brain again. I wouldn't he, trust Gregor with any dog training. Anything? <laughs> Not a chance. He can barely take care of himself. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, he's got a, he's got a few things he's got to tighten up. You know, hair being one of them. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Brownie. Uh, talk awesome. soon. Uh, take care. Thanks for coming on. Okay, guys. Talk that, to that's Sean Brown, former Edmonton owner, former NHLer, a regular contributor to the Jason Greger Show on Sports fourteen forty. When we come back, we'll talk a little more NFL, some coaching changes. Uh, we'll get to some of your. And then at the top of the hour, Mark Spector and Lorianne Munzer. All coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. The Duke comes through with his 740 break. B.A. Brian Adams cuts like a knife. The Maple Leafs, it looks as if they're closing in on finalizing and announcing the deal with William Nylander, and it's a big one. <laughs> it's going to be uh, only about uh, eight years, $92 million, the biggest deal in Maple Leafs history for uh, extension, the, the length of the contract uh, and the dollars involved. So big, big money for William Nylander. NFL coaches already, so two can since uh, the final day of the regular season. Last night, Arthur Smith in Atlanta. And then this morning, Ronnie Rivera, Riverboat Ron in Washington. Maybe, who knows, maybe Bill Belichick surfaces in Washington. The Duke, I think, was touching on that last week. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Harry, we're talking. We we were talking about the uh, Edmonton Elks and uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson signing. Harry says, "Paying Cornelius, take a seat, Trey Ford, paying an old quarterback big bucks." It's going to be a herding unit or something like that. Wonder why the Elks are in financial issues. Hope it works. Uh, Archie says, morning, Kevin. Don't the Elks have a quarterback? I thought the plan was to spend some money on other needs. That comes from Archie. We will find out. Uh, news conference, media availability with head coach and general manager Chris Jones and McLeod Bethel-Thompson at 11 o'clock. Uh K-Fed says, slow your roll when it comes to the Texans. Somehow get to win a division, and with only 10 wins. Of those 10 wins, they only beat two teams that made the playoffs. The Steelers with 10, Tampa with 9. Ooh, Duke, he's all over you. He's all over you. 
Listen, you can only <laughs> you can only play the games they schedule you. Uh, you can only win the games that you get scheduled. So, like I said, mm-hmm. the this season had so little expectations for me when it came to to this club, and I already said they can they could lose forty nothing on Saturday, which is the most Texans uh, spot for a playoff game ever. Middle of the day on Saturday, the wild card Saturday afternoon. You think it's a uh, good good slot? No, that's like I don't know if they've ever played a playoff game that was not in oh. that in that time slot. Like that is, that is the Texans and the Bengals, and sometimes against each other in that Saturday afternoon. It's not even Saturday night uh, headliner be, type thing. This so. will be the toughest defense they've faced probably. Oh, I mean, we watched them up against them a couple weeks ago, and yes, it was Case Keenum, not C.J. Stroud, so yeah. I'll be uh, interested to see that. But I'm, I'm kind of at an impasse because the Browns have been a team I've been uh, championing all year. I, I had a future on them to win, win their division as well. Of course, it didn't work out because the Ravens are an absolute wagon. Mm-hmm. But the, of course, I'm going to be rooting for my my club, my Houston Texans. But should the Browns emerge victorious, they'll have my full support moving forward as well. How, like I'm, I'm rooting for Flacco, the comeback story. Uh, I, I'd love to see a Browns-Ravens playoff game. We already have a great one on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, with uh, Matt Stafford going back to Detroit for the first round of the playoffs as well. There's there's a lot of great storylines. This one kind of, you know, pretty low-key compared to some of the other ones that exist. I, I'm not saying the Texans are world beaters, but they made the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that's an accomplishment in and of itself. And, yeah, they kind of backdoored their way into a home playoff game because what we talked about, the Jags being so terrible down the stretch. But don't apologize for, for what you accomplished and what the, you— The what, schedule is what it is. It is what it is. You yeah. play the games you're, you're scheduled to play, and they won the ones they had to. Um, and yeah, like I said, they, they lost a couple that, and think about some of their losses. They were pretty close as well. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm not going to apologize for it. Sorry, K fed. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who your club is. You're probably just sour grapes because your team probably didn't make the playoffs. Probably so. Indy. Maybe it's Indy. Who May, knows? Indy. Maybe ah. you're an Eagles fan. K fed uh, is not an Indy fan. Or I, is, or is anybody ever. That's, I, if I were to bet on K fed, I'd, I'd be going something like Dallas or. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Eagles fans have sure been quiet in the text line for Ooh. the past couple of weeks. I vote Frank too. We'll be They're, talking to Frank I'm tomorrow. Sure we'll br- I mean, he, did, he didn't have very high hopes when, he, when we talked to him last Thursday either, right? So I'm, uh, yeah, one, I will not apologize. Go Texans and uh, AFC South champs. So, Duke, we've been uh, talking about how useless my fantasy football season was this year. Correct. However, uh, I do have Nico Collins and the relationship and the chemistry that Nico Collins and CJ Stroud have shown this year. And we saw it uh, on, on the weekend. It's, I, I think you, when you're looking at, you know, you obviously, okay. You have Dak Prescott, CD lamb, and that's as good as a rapport as you're going to get with two guys on the same page all the time. There are others, you know, win, win, A.J. Brown was firing on all cylinders with Jalen Hurts. That's up there, too. There are there are several uh, instances where you can have and say this quarterback, this wide out, is, they're totally on the same page. I really think that where would you – I'd say top five. Top five in the, in the NFL, C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins being on the same page where they have that relationship where the two of them know exactly where Collins on the route, where he should be timing pattern and a lot of times if you saw on the weekend I mean Stroud's letting these balls rip and uh, total timing uh, Nico Collins is turning around bang it's right in, it's right in the on the money so looking forward to having Nico Collins a proud member 
for three more years because I think I took him in the ninth or tenth round. So savvy move, Kev. That's the only move. You're uh, you're as sharp as they come when it comes to fantasy. Oh, football. I don't. I, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty from Northside Norm. Good morning, gents. Does Drysaddle disrespect the officials? I can't figure out how so many blatant calls aren't made, but they almost never miss his retaliations. Maybe I'm just a homer. But it's brutal. Northside norm. You know what they say, Northside norm. When a penalty happens and it doesn't get called, the second one, the retaliatory penalty, always gets called. The officials never miss those. Leon does take a lot of those penalties, but he's getting tugged and hooked and he's getting... He's getting ridden out a lot. He's getting special attention. One of the reasons why is he hangs on to the puck. He hangs on longer than most players in the NHL. And Leon Dreisaitl knows that, and he's trying to draw penalties in that instance. But he also brings on that engagement from other players. And he's one of the top players in the world. He's going to get that attention. And he's going to turn over pucks more so than other players because because he has the puck a lot more than other players. Oilers in Chicago tomorrow to take on the Hawks. Oilers with 41 points, five back of L.A. in the Pacific, definitely within striking distance. And, of course, the Oilers now sitting in a wild card spot, if you want to call it that, because they're tied with St. Louis and Seattle. They have three games in hand on Seattle. They have two games in hand on the Blues. Arizona, one point back with uh, 40 points and then Calgary's sitting there a game below 500 now after losing to Chicago. Calgary with 39 points, but they've played four more games than the Oilers. When we come back, top of the hour, Mark Spector for Roger Sportsnet plus Lorian Munzer back in the studio. We will check in with LA and Spec at 8 o'clock. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football. Watch the playoffs this Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday night. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.